This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and co-hosting with me today is Max Cohen and Yana Shanaeus. This is our post-match of the 2-0 loss for Fulham against West Ham at Craven Cottage on Saturday. We have a lot to talk about in this very bad loss for Fulham, but before I do anything, I have to welcome my co-host to the show. Mr. Cohen, how you doing? It's been less than 24 hours. Have you recovered yet? I haven't. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not looking good, Russ. It's it's pretty hard to take positives um, from from that match. Although I think that first half was the best we played in the attacking sense all year, yeah. and that and, and that and that is encouraging. But everything else is just so frustrating. When you can see two goals off literally their only two shots in the entire first half there for West Ham, that's just a killer. And you cannot do that in the Premier League. And it, it's going to the year. It's going to the part of the year when you start to wonder. Are we going to be bottom at Christmas? How long are we going to be? Are we going to be bottom? Are we going to be cut adrift? And for now, we're still very much in it. I mean, only three points yes. separates us from from getting outside of the drop zone, but we need points fast. And listen, the West Ham match is behind us. We're not going to get any points out of that. That that match is done. But we're entering a really season-defining festive period. And Absolutely. if we don't get wins against the likes of Huddersfield, Newcastle, Wolves, you know, teams around us, Burnley coming up after Arsenal away. If we don't get wins in those matches, we're looking at a very, very tough miracle to get us out of this predicament win. Um, and the players have to show more. And as you mentioned the post on the full-time show yesterday, they have to play for the club. Yes. Right now, we're not seeing that. They need to play as a team. And that's going to be the theme for me during this post-match show. I said that on full-time. I don't think this team is playing together. They're playing as individuals instead of as a unit. West Ham played together as a team. They defended as a team. They went forward as a team, and they scored as a team. Fulham are just playing as a bunch of individuals and not playing together, and that's been the issue for me. And uh, you're right, Max, before I go to Giannis, I, I agree with you. These next three matches are vital. Mike Gregg said on 
the show I did with him, that we need six points from these four matches. Well, it's still there for them. And that's just to give us a chance for the second half of the season, honestly. Because if they don't come up with six points, they will be in serious trouble. They need to get two wins out of the next three. It's a challenge. They need to be up for it, and they need to be fighting for this uh, club. And that's what I want to see moving forward. Mr. Janaeus, over to you. Very disappointing loss, my friend. Yeah, yeah, it was because we 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 got off to a decent start, and then uh, you know we had that that camera one v one. I'm still scratching my head out. And then um, they scored. It was a nice goal by Snodgrass. I give yes. him credit, but it was a mistake. You know, a doy, unfortunately. He's sort of overrun a tackle. And one thing's led to another, and the, the knockback, and, and uh, it's a lovely goal by Snodgrass, although it looked like uh, Rico was partially sighted. But it was a, it was a, a, killer, a kick in the balls because we played very well up until that point. And uh, I thought, oh, here we go again. Um, it's another one of those, and uh, you know, twelve minutes later they scored the second, and that was although that was more comical. And beyond that, we you know we huffed and we puffed, but we didn't look like we were going to get back in it. Yeah, listen, uh, I hear you, my friend. What, what's uh, frustrating about this? And I'm going to be reading some quotes coming up from Claudio Ranieri. He's talking about the play in the first half, and uh, Max was also talking about how the play in the first half offensively look good but here's the thing and I remember them saying this on the NBC broadcast is that this is the time when Fulham were in the ascendancy that they need to score this is right after the situation with Kamara and they got sucker punched and this is what happens when you don't take advantage of your opportunities Giannis we've seen this way too many times from this team but this was so evident in this match that this is a combination for me not taking advantage of your opportunities not being clinical, and defending as a team. And I think West Ham did the exact opposite. They defended as a team, and they were clinical. Yeah, and if you look at, uh, I mean, maybe it's going to sound a little crazy, if you look at Man City for a second, talent notwithstanding, you watch what they do when they lose the ball. They're like vultures. And yeah. um, their recovery time is very, very quick, and they're all committed. Every one of the 11s committed to defending when we lose when they lose the ball. And we just not enough of us do that. And um, you know, it was two, you know, it was two sucker punches, um, counter attacks. And to give Pellegrini a lot of credit, he's probably said, "Well, they're going to come in, they're going to come at us quickly. They they may cause us some trouble. All we need to do is be patient. Their back four is like the Titanic. Yep. Uh, we'll get them on the break. We'll score goals. They're the only team in the top four leagues that haven't conceded a goal. We will score goals. We just need to be patient. And that's what happened." Exactly. They were waiting for their time, and they took advantage of the time. They knew that they would get it, Giannis. And they have that team mentality, basically, just waiting for you to make a mistake. I, unfortunately, I know this very well. And that's exactly what happened in this match. They were solid and defending, and then, of course, going forward, they were clinical. And that's the difference because, you know, again, when you look at that match, we were talking about this before we started recording – Besides those two opportunities, there was another one by Anderson. But what else did West Ham really offer going forward? They they were dangerous, but they didn't really test Rico except for that opportunity from Anderson. And, of course, they scored the two goals. They were just extremely clinical. They, they took advantage of those chances when they got them, and Fulham did not. And that, to me, is 
what is driving me crazy one day later is that it was there for them, Giannis. They had the opportunity, and they blew it. Yeah, they did. And, and you know, the one person who's probably going to be sitting at home now with a tail between his legs is, is uh, Boo Boo. Because he had the yeah. 1v1. I mean, give him credit. He forced to say that. Does that change the match if he scores? Oh, get, get oh, that's it. Let's talk about Sherla. Let's talk about Sherla with this race <laughs> on the pitch, taking shots from ever and you know, getting nowhere near the goal. I mean, listen, Kamara should have scored, but I can't stand the Kamara bashing. And I, I know, Giannis, you're, you're, not, you're not one of the people to do that, but I've seen it all over no. Twitter and Facebook. Get a grip. I mean, this guy's the one making chances. And he was providing right. really well. He forced a really good save out of Kanyansi a couple minutes later from range. People forget about that. It's okay. it, it's frustrating. Of course, he should have scored, but he's also got same guy who scored against Leicester, same guy who scored against United. He's on good form, and unlike other players in the pitch, he actually runs and tries to make something happen. He actually tracks back. Um, so I'd love all the hate being directed towards Kamara just to be shifted towards Andre Sherla, who I think is just disgraceful. I don't, I don't want to see him start another match, honestly. Okay, okay, I understand that. I want to go back to Giannis because I want Giannis to finish his point about Kamara. Well, the thing about the thing about um, the margins in this division is that they're so fine and there are so few chances. He's opened his body up, and and Fabianski's basically given him three quarters of the net, and he's decided that, to be cute and go near post. And if we score that goal, uh, you know, I, I think we win it. Suddenly, the momentum takes off. But then, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I know it's they, simplistic to say, but I agree with you. It's it, it's sort of it was um, and his reaction and the rest of the team. I think said it all, and when and when Snodgrass scored, um, I think the one image I got is that um, the camera focused on the reaction of Tim Ream, um, and Tim Ream had this just 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 defeated look as he walked away, uh, and uh, it was just it was just it was it was poor. I mean, uh, um, I think that uh, Mitro had the, the cross that came in from Brian. Yep. I think with the angle, that was the wrong one. He should have headed it across goal. Camera had the the header at the near post. Really needed to put more power into it. Didn't. But at this level, you only maybe get two or three very good chances. And unless you put them away, um, unless Sheldon's going to score them from 55 yards, of course, um, then you're not going to score. And the problem, until we can keep clean sheets, we, we don't really give ourselves a chance. And had we gone a goal up, I think we'd... We'd have won that. We'd have forced them to open up. But um, we didn't. Okay, very good then, my friend. All right, let's now react to some comments from Claudio after the match. I, like I said, I actually shared some of these on full-time, and I'm going to share the rest of them because I, I find them interesting. So let me just share this. This is right on the manager reaction on the phone website, so you can see these. This is what Claudio shared. Quote, in the second half, it was difficult. They have experienced players and slowed down the tempo. Every time we looked to create, we became a little more nervous to score a goal. When you play a team who take one or two touches, it's difficult to press. We ran a lot. I saw my players fighting until the end, until the last second. When they slowed the tempo, took possession, and moved the ball, it's not easy. They scored very easily twice. We have to take time and stay calm. But we wanted to get the ball immediately, which is not right. I explained during a training session about staying calm and taking the ball at the right moment. It's one thing to do it in training. It's another to do it in a match. It's difficult to say our first half an hour was good because they scored twice. But if you saw our first match against Southampton and our second home match against Leicester, 
I think this was the best. I needed to give all my confidence to my players and continue to work hard during training. They understand where they've made mistakes. We need to stay together. I have a very good dressing room, and the players are together. At this moment, it's important to stay calm and react. All right, Giannis, to you first. Thoughts on what Claudio shared after the match? I, I don't disagree. I mean, he's he's uh, he's obviously set it up. I think the problem right now is that um, psychologically, a lot of the players are shot. You've got, and I think it's a lot of it is linked to the actual signings that um, that uh, Tony Khan brought in that just they just haven't panned out. Yeah. Uh, we we um, Mawson was obviously injured for a while. He's been in and out. Um, Sari has been a disaster. Um, to be honest, um, Angus has not been much better. Um, Reem hasn't. I know he's not signing from close season, but Reem hasn't. I think hasn't recovered from the concussion. You know, Fosu Mens has not been there. Um, you've got Joe Bryan's had injuries. Um, Dennis Adoy is having to start every game. That just about sums it up. Um, we're just it, it, it's it's messy. It's messy right now. I felt very sorry for Tom Kearney yesterday because um, any time he's on the ball, he's, he's sheer quality. But it's it's he's 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 covering a lot of ground and he's trying to distribute the ball. And you got someone like Seri who's who's scared to to knock a ball ten yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Paul Mitra up front is is he, all alone and he's he's not getting any sort of support. To be honest, you got Sherlock who just refuses to track back. So the left back is basically a, a sitting duck. And we didn't have Sass either. It's just a really messy situation. And Newcastle is, is next week, and you know they're in, they're form now. Win yesterday, and um, I, I think the, the transfer window can't come quick enough. Um, I'm sure that Granny is commanding the phones now and saying, "Look, I need four or five players. Some of these players shouldn't be playing at this level." Okay, very good. Over to you, Max. Your thoughts on what Claudio shared after the match. Yeah, I mean, what he said about the first half an hour, first half being the best we've played all season, I, I agree. I said that at the time. I think we, we were excellent going forward. With, with, of course, the lone exception, we didn't score. But that's the big thing, right? But I thought our movement was penetrative. I thought we were a lot more calm than we were in the Southampton match, a lot, a lot less frantic. Um, we were creating tons of chances. Players were getting really good positions. And the thing that impressed me the most is that kind of combination play. Dean Kamara... Um, Mitrovic um, and, and also Kane who's getting involved um, and, and also Chambers. I thought there was really good passing in the final third and we were creating good chances. And what impressed me about the first half is that our heads didn't necessarily drop after conceding goals. It, it showed how the goals are such anomalies, right? Because we conceded them and then we went right back to pushing West Ham on the back foot, which was a, was, was a big shock for me because normally I think the old Fulham might have just dropped their heads and, right. and, and stopped attacking, but we kept it going on. Now, of course, we, the dropped heads came later on, and for the last half an hour, that's something going to take major issue with what Claudio said, because he said, I, I saw my players fight until the end, and we all know that's not true. We all knew that that match at 2-0, if you get a goal back, it's game on. But at the last half hour, the players gave up. There's nothing to note, really. And no, the second half is, there isn't much to talk about, honestly, yeah. because there was really nothing there. But you know, you know what sums it up for me, Russ, is that what? we had a really nice passing move in that second half. When Christie came on, I thought Christie uh, made a difference. He put in a really dangerous ball into the box. It's kind of half blocked by, I think, Babuena. And the ball's just sitting there in a six-yard box, dying for someone to attack it. 
no one, not Mitch Fitch, not Sherla. Sherla's closest. Sherla should have done better. They just no. stand there. There's no desire to get on the end of these crosses. And I think that was really our last decent opportunity. But it just encapsulated kind of the lack of fight in the closing stages. No one really fancied themselves to get back in the match, which is shocking considering how, how bright we played in the first half. Okay, very good there. Giannis, before I go over to you to talk about the starting 11 and the 18 overall, something that is really starting to get to me that we have to talk about moving forward. And you've already talked a little bit about the transfer window coming up. And it involves finding players that want to fight for Fulham to stay in this division. And Tony Khan needs to find, I don't know, three to five players, maybe even more than that, that want to play for Fulham in the January transfer window. And the players that don't, they need to go because I think that we have too many passengers out there, Giannis, that aren't in it for the team, not in it for 90-plus minutes the way that you need. They're not playing as a team. There are individuals out there that are not team players. And those players, for me, Giannis, have to go. And, you know, I've been going back and forth with some friends on this, and they're like, well, you can't do a lot in, in the January transfer window. You can't transform a team. Well, sorry. I think they need to. I think they need to find players that want to play for Fulham Football Club. And right now, I think that there are some that just don't seem to be the type of players that they need, Giannis. And Ranieri needs help. A lot of these players are players that have played for Savisa. Well, he needs players that fit how he wants to play. So I disagree with people coming at me and saying, well, they don't need a lot of changes. Well, sorry, I think they need to find the players that want to play for Fulham Football Club in the second half of the season. And I don't care what the number is. They need to find the right players because I think there are players here that don't want to play for Fulham. They need to go. Yeah, they, I mean, I think it's a combo of things. I think a number of the players just aren't good enough. Yes. I think that the I think the confidence of the team is absolutely shot. Um, Slava, I mean, there's a couple of things that have come out in the last 24 hours. We've got the um, the boneheads coming out saying, "Well, bring Slava back." <laughs> um, yeah, there's been a few of those. Um, I even had a bonehead come at me last night who said, um, "Why are you even commenting? Because you don't even you didn't even go to the game." Oh, see, that really upsets me. That is. Yeah. I ignorance him. beyond ignorance, Giannis. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I blocked him. His name's Roy Smith, and he's an idiot. And I said it. I said it publicly. There you go. Because he said, "Well, you know, your your opinion's not worth a lick." Well, I was a I was a season ticket holder for many years, and um, you know what? I'm Fulham through and through. And it, people seem to think that if you're not at the cottage, you're not a fa- not a fan. Well, physically, there's a lot of us all around the world. Yep. That, that have followed them for so many years. That, been to so many games, but um, I think that um, the problem is you can't make a chicken salad out of chicken shit. And right now, Ranieri yeah. has a squad where you look at it; it's bad enough. Look at the eleven, and then you look at the bench, and you go, "Oh God, Floyd Aite," or you know, as an example, you just there's there's nothing there. There are a lot of championship players on that bench. Yeah, there are. So what has to happen is that he's got to bring, I'd say, six or seven players in. And Tony Khan, I'm sorry. I totally but, agree with you, Giannis. Yeah, because, you need wholesale. Well, see, and it's funny because I've been going back and forth on this, and people say, no, we just need three or four changes. No. I think it's more than that, Giannis. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, look, we, um, our fullbacks, are, uh, we're not sure. Our centre-backs are a mess. 
Uh, Kearney doesn't have any support. Mitro's all lonely up front. We don't have strikers that will track back. I mean, Sassanian, we missed Sass yesterday, but would you have I made think a we difference? Did. Yeah. But again, and, and then, and that's notwithstanding, you know, let's say it's nil nil. You've got 20 minutes to go. You say, okay, let's go for this. And then you look at the bench. Um, and there's nothing there. There's not, I mean, and then the question mark, you know, you take There's Syria not Premier League quality there. That's no, there the isn't. problem. No, with the way some of these players are playing, I might be used, I might be tempted to bring bets off the bench just to run around. <laughs> because, uh, okay. I mean, because well, Frank, he frankly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a go. There's a thought. He didn't even get kicked crushed in the championship, and now he's getting one in the Premier League. What logic is he that? Might, he that might shows how bad we need did. in some way. He might have a role, Giannis. You actually talked about that last week. And I yeah. thought he was did a pretty decent job talking about season. Yeah, that's what I think. And, and I, I, th- I really thought he was going to start today, uh, yesterday. Yeah. I was very surprised to see Seri in there. Yeah. I, I thought, oh, no. It's, I mean, I feel sorry for him. He looks, you know, he, he looks small and lightweight. He doesn't look like he wants he, when he puts a tackle in, he usually mistimes it. He he's a poor man's Ray Wilkins at times, square balls all the time. I think he's, he's not, a talented player, Giannis. I just don't know if he fits with what Fulham need right now. I, I don't think he's cut out for this division right now. He's, he looks like a scared cat. He looks cold. Yeah. Um, and um, as I said, I felt bad for Kenny because Kenny's trying to put the quality in. He's trying to play. And he must be looking around going, what have, I, what have we got around here? I don't know who to pass it to. Well, I want to ask you about Kearney in just a second, but I want to go back over to Max quickly. Your thoughts about me bringing up the January transfer window and all of this, because when I look at this match and I'm thinking about the players that we have and the effort that's going in there, I think – I agree with Giannis. I think we need anywhere between five to seven players to come in. And people think I'm crazy, Max. Do you agree or do you disagree? Your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I agree the squad needs changes, but how are we going to sign these players, right? What criteria are we going to use? Because the criteria used in the summer, I think we can agree was a failure, right? The only players, I'm going to identify two players that can be considered a success that we got this summer, and that's Rico and Chambers. The others, and I, I'm not counting Mitch Rich because, you know, he wasn't a new signing yeah. in my book. The okay. others, core, I can't think of anyone who's been a, um, a, a unanimous success other than Rico and Chambers. And that's out of, what, 11, 12 players signed? That's disgraceful. If we use the same uh, strategies that got us into this mess, I don't want us to get seven or eight players. Of course I want new players. I want players that can play for Claudio. But if Tony Khan... Right, that's what I want. And also the scouts, because it's not just Tony Khan. Listen, Tony Khan oh, is to blame, but also scouts are to blame, because he doesn't just do this all on his own. It's just, he doesn't do this in a bubble. It's a group, effort, it's a group effort. effort. And both <laughs> groups failed this summer. We can agree that. I think me, for sure, I, and I can kind of speak for you guys because you're both excited this summer. Yep. I was so excited. I was so happy about this transit business. And it showed how wrong I was where we are now. Well, see, and you're not wrong, Max. So let me go happy. back to you. Yeah. You had every right to be excited, okay? I had every right to be excited. The problem is it wasn't with the approach. I wanted them to go with this approach. They were going for it. They wanted to compete. Unfortunately, they did not find the right players. They spent all this money. The approach wasn't wrong. It was the actual players that they brought in. Yeah, and, yeah, and let me say something. This might sound a bit too, oh, you know, uh, I don't know. You're, you're da, you could say, but by British. I'm sorry. I, listen, it's not necessarily a, a knock against some of the other players, but yep. if you buy players like Seri and Gisa, um, they're coming from the French League. And you can also say Vieta, right, coming from the Spanish League. They don't know what it takes to play in the Premier League. 
A player who does? Callum Chambers. And he's been one of our most effective players because he knows what it takes to play in that top division. Alfie Mawson also had Premier League experience. He, he's been all right. But I think we need players like we've been looking with Gary Cahill. Get Gary Cahill. He knows what it takes to win the Premier League. He's won the Champions League with Chelsea as well. This is take experienced players who know, who know how to stay in the division. And it's not pretty. And in the end, I don't think it's a sustainable option, but it's what we need to stay up. And we have to buy players who will play for Cloudale and know what it takes to stay in the Premier League. I actually agree with you. Right now, it, they're in survival mode, and you need to find players that will keep you in the division, and then you reassess after the season's over. But listen, if I'm Tony Khan and his staff, I'm looking right now. I evaluate every player, and I say, this is the players that are with us, these are the players that aren't with us. And the players that aren't with us, I try to move. And then I try to find replacements for those players. They need to self-scout everyone and find out who they believe in. And then the rest, they should be thought of on their way out. Because And, and there's a decent amount of them that they need to really look at hard and make decisions on. Because there are not enough players that are good enough, as Yana said, skill-wise. And then other players that just aren't for the team. So it's a combination. It's talent and actually desire to play for Fulham. Those type of players need to go. And they need to move on. And that's just, I hate to break into our post-match show to talk about this, but I'm frustrated. I'm very upset about this because they have a chance to do something special to stay in this division and build on that. Now, unfortunately, because of the situation that they're in, it's survival mode, and you need players that will help you survive. All right. Giannis, back over to you. Let's now, quickly, let's look at the starting 11 and the 18 overall, and also the formation. What were your thoughts when you saw the 18, and then, of course, later on when you saw the formation? Um, well, the first thing I was thinking was, where's, where's Candy going to play? And you saw Sessa was going to be out, obviously, yes. uh, Ryan Donovan. And that's bad news because if it's his groin, it might be a little while before he's back. Looking at the lineup, I thought it was okay. You know, the first thing I look at is what West Ham are going to do. And, you know, the typical 4-4-2, ho-hum, Noble and Rice in the middle. Chambers and Seri. Chambers, I was okay. I wasn't so sure about Seri and how that was going to work. I, I really would have preferred Candy to play on the in the middle of Chambers, that would have made more sense. Um, and Sherla was going to be the other question mark, just because, well, just because he's Sherla. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, it was an okay lineup, I suppose. But again, Adoy's got to be in the lineup. Cyrus Christie isn't in there. I think Christie deserves a chance. Adoy must be the. Adoy must. He must. Um, Either he's got golden horseshoes up his ass, or he's in tight with the owners. Because how on earth, right now, he's even in this eleven? I will never know. But then again, Tim Ream is probably just as bad. Yeah. So um, you know, it's it's a miserable, it's a really miserable looking lineup, to be honest. It I'm is. To be honest, it is. It's funny because I was contacted by a fan in Spain that immediately messaged me and said, "We're going to lose four to one based on the lineup." Because it's like, look at all these championship players. You just mentioned Reem and Adoy. That I love what these guys gave to Fulham. They're not good enough for, for the Premier League. No, they're not. No, they're not. We might as well have Mark Fotheringham in there. Or maybe not. <laughs> I saw um, that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, 
but no, it's it's not it's not um it's it's not a it's not a lineup that inspires you and the bench doesn't exactly inspire you yeah. either. So, you know, it might have made sense if Kenny had played with Chambers. You put Vieto Vieto out on the right. Maybe find a way maybe for C to I don't know, put him in there, somewhere in there. I think he's gotta be better than that back four is is oh lord, it's it's rotten and Rico. Well, I gotta feel sorry for him. I mean he's he's not he's not exactly uh we'll, we keep seeing that look on his face of sheer just despair yeah. as the ball goes in the back of the net and he's looking at defenders going, you know, what planet did you come from? Um, they're so disorganized, Giannis. That's the problem with all of this. They're not yeah. playing together as a unit, the back four. They're all over the place. Yeah, and they're all over the place. Is, that's embarrassing. You know, and again, we'll we'll talk about the goals in just a second when we break down and analyze what went wrong because those goals both are so preventable. But, again, mistake after mistake keeps happening. But let me ask you this before I go to Max, because I, I want to talk about this. Tom Kearney. Now, Kearney, I don't think w- was as bad as some m- might think, but I think it's. I think you're asking a lot from a player that really we already know he's not good out wide. He's not good out wide, Giannis. He needs to play central. So the minute I saw that, I, again, was questioning it. Your thoughts about Kearney? Yeah, I didn't. It didn't make any sense to me, and I, you know, I'm not we know take, that's not. He's not good not in that position. role. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not going to have a go at Ranier. He's 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 still doing his tinker thing because he must be sitting there going, "My God, what am I doing with this lot?" But but Ken, he didn't stop trying. You know, he's, no, he's he, not his fault. He was put there. No, he was trying. I just think trying. that he was out of position. Yeah, big time, big yeah. time, and you could sense his frustration. Yeah, and. Um, He's not. I, I, he's not quick enough for that position. That's why the central position works great for him because then yeah. he can create. But when he's out to the right, it just it just doesn't work. And I've seen it before. And the minute I saw that, I was like, I know Claudio is is new to Fulham, but hopefully he will not do that again because it you waste what you can get out of Tom Kearney. That's why I just want to bring Big- it up. He's our best player, and yes. you got you got you you got to use him. You got to play him with strength, Giannis. Yeah, you wouldn't put Tom Brady as a linebacker. No, exactly. Thank you for for saying that, Max. <laughs> over to you quickly. Your thoughts on the, the starting 11-18 and our conversation about Kearney. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I mean, let's. I'll talk about the Kearney thing first. He he he's not a winger. We all know this. I mean, yes. Kid Simons told us this, showed us this, right? That was way back when, right? Um, I was going to say, we've already seen this movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But one thing I would say is that he didn't play as a wing, right? He, was, he drifted in a lot. He was never on the touchline. He was never putting crosses. He played a lot more centrally um, than one would expect out of that position. So he did end up getting on the ball a bit more. But what it left is that we had a real lack of width in the final third. And if you remember, Dennis Adoy was enforced, not forced, but he, he was invited to go forward because Candy yes. was tucking in, the overlap was on. Right. And we actually got exposed many times in the right wing, most notably for their first goal, because the Doy was up forward, had the track back, because Kenny was tucked in, and the Doy went, played right wing back. So not only was, was Kenny's position bad for him, it also affected us defensively by leaving us uh, short at the back. So yeah. a really bad decision on many fronts in my mind. And the other thing I would say about, we're talking about a Doy being in the starting lineup, and he, uh, he has to have some kind of blackmail or, or something to be in, but I actually kind of disagree with that slightly, because I thought when we played Adoy and Moss in 
both the center backs. I thought our defense looked quite strong, right? This was in previous matches. This happened against the Southampton match, Liverpool match, you know, Chelsea, whatever. The only thing I don't understand is why Cyrus Christie's been dropped. He should be on the he should be playing right back, not Adoy. I like Adoy center back. Adoy's right back. We can all agree it's terrible. It makes no sense. Cyrus Christie did nothing to be dropped. I thought he played. I thought he played really well when he came on. Actually, I didn't say excellent because he was really bright going forward. He, and remember, he, he neutralized Eden Hazard. He played well against uh, Southampton. He delivered a really nice ball in the box that led to our goal. Why is Cyrus Christie being dropped all of a sudden? That's the biggest frustration for me. No, I, I agree with you on that. But if I'm being completely honest, I understand what you're saying about Dennis Adoy. I just don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. Can he do a job? I agree. I agree. But he's the best we have right now, Russ. He's I understand that. With Le Marchand injured and, yes. and we playing the way he is, there's no other way except to start Moss and, and No, Adoy because right I would – and this is going to sound terrible to say – I would rather have him over Tim Ream. Tim Ream's just right well, now agree, just not agree. good enough. And I and I don't think Dennis Adoy's as bad as people make him seem out to be. He's he's not Premier League quality. No, he's just I, not I, Premier I League quality. This is but, the problem. There are too many players out there that are not Premier League quality, and we get exposed partially because of these players. There, it's not their fault. This is the just not their joke. fault. The back four is a joke. Joe Bryan, championship player. Alfie Mawson, arguably Premier League relegation player. Right? We saw this one. Dennis Adoy, nowhere near Premier League. And Tim Ream, nowhere near Premier League either. How do yeah. we expect to, to, to not to keep clean sheets at that back four? How on yeah. earth? And, well, and with a holding midfielder of Jean-Michel Sarri, he doesn't know what tracking back if it hit him in the head. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah there are, there's a lot of work to be done. That's why I have really been strong about the January transfer window because I'm sorry. If people think that, the players that we have that we just meet, need to make a tweak or two because it worked with, say, Roy Hodson, uh-uh. There needs to be more than just a little tweak, okay? Sorry. There needs to be some good maneuvering here. They need players that have the experience in the Premier League. That's just my thoughts on it, that want to fight for foam football club, and they have to be good enough. And like I said, this is twofold. It's either players – that don't want to play for Fulham or players that just aren't good enough. They have a little bit of both. And these players can't be on the pitch for Fulham. They need to get rid of these players as many as they can and focus on the players that can help this help them win. There are too many players that are just are not good enough or the other part don't want to play for Fulham. At least that's the opinion that, that I have watching some of these players. They don't seem to really be invested in playing for Fulham, and, and those players have to go too. It's a combination. All right, let's get right to it, guys. Let's go to the first half. And like we've been talking about before when we started the show, Fulham dominated the early stages of this match. You know, we, we had the shot early by Jean-Michael Serry. Then you have another shot by Sherla. Then you have the opportunity shortly after from Abubakar Kamara set up beautifully from Alexander Mitrovic. He needs to score there, Max. You know, um, Yanis already talked about it. Your thoughts here. Sorry, this actually changed the match. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad miss. Um, it's a good run from the other position, but the ball gets stuck under his feet, and he scuffs it. He should be good, aiming for the far post there, not the near post. Um, yeah, big, big moment. Uh, you could say turning point, but, you know, we had other chances. It wasn't our only chance there. Yeah. No, we, we definitely had some chances. All right, let's now go to the goal from Robert Snodgrass. Giannis, I'll, I'll give you the uh, privilege, as I should oh. say, 
of uh, breaking this down. This is set up by Anderson. So let's talk about the goal by Snodgrass. Well, it was a doy. Uh, again, it, the ball's been played down the left, and he's he's come flying in, and it was obviously a very very wet surface, bucketing down with rain, and he sort of um, slid past the ball. And uh, Anderson, is, I thought I had a good game for them. He's he's, he's knocked it back, and um, Snodgrass has smacked it on. Beautiful goal, beautiful goal. But yes, so avoidable. I mean, it was just it was it was a sucker punch because we up until that point I thought. Uh, First 15, 16 minutes, we played well and we created chances. And they looked all at sixes and sevens and that's a... And then um, it, very, it was really very much against the run of play. It was a lovely finish by Snodgrass, but it was, um, as I said earlier, Pellegrini is probably going, well, let's absorb their pressure. They defend like the Titanic. We're going to create chances. We score a goal or two, they're finished. Yep. And uh, it was against, as I said, it was against the run of play. And, and that was it, one nothing. Okay, very good. All right. Let's now go to the um, 26-minute. You have a diving header from um, Alexander Mitrovic that just goes wide. In the 27th minute, you have a header from Kamara set up by Adoy, and then one minute later, you have a shot by Kamara. And then in the 29th minute, Max, I'll go to you. You sent us a screenshot that really shows exactly how this whole situation went down. So let's talk about Who's responsible for the goal from Antonio that gave uh, West Ham the 2-0 lead and basically put the match away? It's an absolute disaster class for us. That's the only way I can describe it, um, is that the, the ball comes in from West Ham's left wing, right? And Joe Bryan is almost playing a center midfield, center right wing position when that ball comes in, and he's a left back. So the ball comes in, and Mawson... If you look back, he's he's marking space. He's doing nothing. He's 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 playing almost towards the right side of the penalty area. Reem does not leave Chikorito completely unmarked, right? Reem is trying to mark both Chikorito and Antonio at the same time. So he shifts over to the Mexican striker and leaves Antonio completely unmarked at the back post because Joe Bryan is completely a wall, completely up the pitch, nowhere near his position. And Andre Sherla, of course, this guy can drag back if if his life depended on it, right? He's just staying there watching it happen, having a nice little, oh, no, I'm a, I'm a World Cup winner. I don't have to do this. Uh, and, and Antonio's completely unmarked and, and just slogged past Rico, who, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to slate Rico here, but I think he probably could have done better. I mean, it's, it's right through his legs. Keepers never like getting beaten like that. Um, yeah. And it was just, I can speak for all of us here, it was the most frustrating goal, I think, you might have conceded all season. Because it was literally, that's our second shot of the match. It's 2-0 yeah. down, and we just come off a bunch of opportunities we should have scored. At that point, I was just, I was, wasn't even angry. I was just done. I was exasperated. I was just forlorn, honestly, because it was the worst possible way to go 2-0 down. The most preventable goal, I mean, but it, in, in essence, it, it, was, it was the most flum goal we could have conceded. It was yep. a combination of so many failures of defense, failures of positioning, failures of communication. And in the end, it was another goal, and the commentators love to say it. Um, there goes their clean sheet. Most goals conceded in the Premier League. They're on track to concede 93. And at this point, you know, we've heard all of them so much. It, it doesn't even hurt anymore. It's just kind of a dull pain. The two comments I hear the most, Fulham has spent over 100 million pounds. That's <laughs> number one. And number two would be how many goals they give up. And I'm sick and tired of hearing about both of them, if I'm being completely honest with you. It's over and over and over again. All right. But it's a fair criticism on both. All right. 
after the uh, goal. Fulham actually had a few opportunities. You, you have the opportunity from Mitro in the 33rd minute. And then uh, you have a, a couple of shots from Shroa and Kearney, 45th minute and in stoppage time. And we go to the half down 2-0. And then to start the second half, you have Christie coming on for Ream. And then later on, other substitutions, you have Johansson, the 61st minute, coming on for Seri. In the 76th minute, you have Cabano coming on for Shirley. Giannis, there's really no key moments I can talk about in the second half, so let's just talk about it in general terms. This, to me, was a professional second half from West Ham. They just took the sting out of the match, and they cruising would not be the right word. They just did their job. This is I'm going to use a Patriots term because that's what they did in the second half. They did what they needed to do and left Craven Cottage with a 2-0 victory. There's not many moments I could talk to you about in the second half. Your thoughts? Yeah, we, we came out the second half. We looked, we looked beaten. I'm not sure what he put in. in um, not sure what Ranieri put in the team. Um, but we just came out. I mean, it's not like we quit. We didn't. I don't think we quit collectively. I think we worked hard. But we just didn't have any quality you know, or any class to break them down. They defended well. Yeah. And, um, you know, we tried. Um, I thought uh, Christie played well second half. I thought Gabano, you know, had a lot of energy and he and he and he worked hard. You know, I mean, he always gives you a decent shift. Johansson cheered us all up with his customary yellow card. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, it was you know we we didn't uh, we didn't have we didn't have anything. It was it was no. uh, we never. I think it was the first minute in the second half. Yeah. I thought we're not coming back in this. That we just we don't look, we don't look like we're up for the fight. We've been so shell shocked by that first half and the two goals, and considering we, that we've actually played well attacking, and the chances have just killed us. Um, as I said, I go back to that camera chance. Um, it's not the chances you create; it's when you try to create them. And um, he puts that away, or even that one. I'd even say think about the confidence it gives that team. Oh, big time. Big time, and right now, um, you know, I think Scott Parker. We don't mention Scott Parker a lot, but Scott Parker um, has got help to do as well do a job in terms of lifting these boys um, because this is um, a very difficult situation. It is. We're we're, we're waiting for things to go wrong, um, and that's a great way to look at it, Yanis, because that's the way they're playing. They're waiting for that other shoe to drop. To drop. They need to be on the front foot and believing that they're going to score the goal. And that negativity that, you know, oh my, something bad's going to happen, it keeps happening. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, 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 it really is. It, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's negative. And we talk about, you know, the next few games, I just, my thing would be, let's just, let's see if we can win a game. <laughs> let's see if we can beat Newcastle yeah. and then say that's a start. Because Burnley is struggling, Huddersfield is struggling, Southampton are struggling. It's all still These there for are... them, Giannis. That's the crazy part of all of this. It's still there, but they need to get the points. Like you said, a victory. Here I am saying that they need two out of the next three. I still believe that, but it's a very good point by you. Right now, they just need a victory. Yep, agreed. And look at and that's and how, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how. I don't care um, how it, it happens at this point. It happens. Yep, it doesn't matter how it happens as long as we can do it now. Can we do it? Um, Newcastle's winnable. 
Um, but I know um, it's crazy to say, but I more... think that's a winnable match too, Giannis. You know, they just have to go with I the agree. right mentality. That going there, they are playing better. I'm talking about Newcastle, but Fulham can go there and win. They they can certainly go there. I've seen it before. I know it was in the championship. They can go there and win. All right, yeah, let me go to Max real quick. Max, your thoughts on the second half, then we'll wrap this up with uh, looking at the stats quickly. Giannis is right. We, we look shell-shocked. But it was, just so, it was almost like it was, it was a delayed reaction from conceding those first two goals. Because despite what, what I would have expected, which is from us after we concede 1-0, 2-0, our heads drop, we stop attacking. You know, we kept at it in the first half. And then it almost took us until the second half to realize, oh, wait, we're 2-0 down. This, we should be sad, you know, which was immensely confusing because normally at halftime, your manager gives you, you know, uh, an inspiring team talk and you come out strong in the second half. And if anything, we were weaker in the second half. And maybe yeah. Claudio referenced it. It might have been that we are tired. We've been chasing them too much in the, in the match. And yeah. But it's just always frustrating. I mentioned earlier, it's, the match is, it was in our hands, you know, 2-0 down. Some say the most dangerous league in, lead in football. You know, it's not really true, but the, the, the old cliche does ring true. If you get a goal back, if you score 2-1, we have momentum. The match could have been ours, but we just didn't yeah. see the fight from the players. And that's the most inexplicable thing is that it was there for the taking, and we ended up really sleepwalking the past 20, 25 minutes of that match. Um, and, you know, fans left early. I still think that's a little uh, – that's, that's a bit shocking. If, if you see your fo- football club p- p- play, you don't leave, you know doesn't matter how bad you're doing. You stay till the end. I'm going to disagree with Fulham fans there if you're leaving. Uh, and the, at the end of the day, it's their choice. But the, the players did not uh, justify, you know, them staying, honestly. We, we, didn't, we didn't make it a grandstand finish. And we waltzed to the finish line. Um, and, and we can't do that the rest of the season. We need a complete performance. I you know, totally agree. I don't know how many times you said this. We need a 90-minute performance, not just a 45- or a 30-minute performance. It's I happened too often that we've it. seen one good half. And, and, again, in this good half – we're talking about giving up two goals, so that's just <laughs> not good enough. All yeah, right. Guys, I'm going to give you the full-time stats, and then after I give them to you, I, I have a question for both of you and get your thoughts on this. But here are the full-time stats. Possession. Fulham had 56% to 44% for West Ham. Total shots, 16-6 to 6 in favor of Fulham. On target, 4-3 to 3 in favor of Fulham. Corners, 6-4 to 4 in favor of Fulham. Crosses, 26-20 to 20 in favor of Fulham. Attempted passes, 498 to 391 in favor of Fulham. Attacking passes, 263 to 163 in favor of Fulham. Passing accuracy, guys, we always look at this. 80% for Fulham, which is what we are used to under Slavisa. 74% for West Ham. And then we look at fouls, 14 to 10 in favor of Fulham. Giannis, I want your thoughts on the full-time stats. But here's my question to you. And when I was looking at the stats and watching the match, this is what was going through my mind. Do you think the players are trying to figure out what their style is? What I mean is that I feel like they are still struggling with playing the old way under Slavisa and the new way under Claudio Ranieri. It's almost like they haven't completely given into the Ranieri style yet, that they're actually still playing similar to how they played under Slavisa. And when I looked at the possession stats, when I saw that and then I saw the passing accuracy, I'm like, that reminds me a little bit of how we played under Slavisa. Am I off base here? 
No, it's going to take a little bit longer um, for them to buy in, number one. And number two, you've got to have players that are used to that type of system. And yeah. that's why, unfortunately, it's going to, it may take until... Everything was through the middle again. And that's yeah. and that's yeah. that that's a visa passing, you know? Yeah, that's right. And it, until they get to Ranieri, bring some of his disciples in, you'll have non-believers until you get players that can come in and, you know, and can lead the way. Um, it's going to take, you know, I think we're going to need a little bit of luck, you know, a lucky bounce of somebody's bottom or something just to get a result where we can actually, you know, um, get the three points and get some self-belief again. They need some belief. It's not going to be yeah. easy. Absolutely. We need they a need clean some... sheet. Somebody, somebody cracked a joke yesterday. Somebody cracked a joke yesterday, and I thought it was very funny, um, on Facebook and said, because we kept a clean sheet, in the second half, does that mean it's uh, because we didn't concede a goal? Does that mean it's a clean pillowcase? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Hey, Giannis, before I go to Max, anything stand out to you from the full-time stats? Well, if you were to, if you didn't know the score, you'd go, "Well, we've probably won this pretty comfortably, two, three, nothing." <laughs> um, unfortunately, it wasn't the case. It was, yeah. um, you know, it. Uh, at the end of the day, you can put through stats all you want, but unfortunately for us. Um, it is the final score that counts, and yep. we were two goals to the uh, to the worst, and we still only have nine points yep. from seventeen games. That's terrible. It's terrible, my friend. Max, over to you. I want your thoughts on this. Could Fulham be caught between two styles and trying to basically transition to the Ranieri style and still playing the, the Savisa style? Uh, because... no, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the staff might say that, but if you look at how we played, Ross, I think yeah. it, 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 it wasn't plotting. I thought it was pretty um, – it was, it was, we played with urgency. It was, it was okay. creative. So I think it was just not even a start between styles. Today we just saw the best of what Ranieri's attacking can be, right? Okay. I think we can all agree the Southampton match showed glimpses, but it was too frantic. Yeah. Lesser City, we saw, again, some small glimpses. Okay, so, so you see more buy-in than I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm confident. I, I, I'm not really worried about the attacking play today, uh, yesterday. I, I thought, again, I'm going to say the first half was the, honestly the best we played all season with, with creating okay. chances. Because I really thought the passing combinations was bright. We got into really good opportunities. And on another day, one of those shots goes in, and it's a different story. Okay, okay, fair enough. What did you take out of the full-time stats? Um, that we're beginning to boss teams at home, right? It wasn't the Southampton match, and we had less possession than them. We, we didn't. We played like the home team, which was interesting. Um, and it shows that Ranieri isn't just counterattack. We can play on the front foot. Yeah. Um, but I, at the end of the day, you know, uh, two 0 That's the only stat that 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 we care about now, right? <laughs> okay. Very good. There. Badly. All right. Real quick, guys. Let's give a rating for Claudio. Max, to you. Five. I, I could go. I could say four or five. I'm going to say five because I think he got it wrong with the starting eleven. I think he got it wrong big time with the door in the right, no Christie, um, and, and Carey on the right wing. That was frustrating. But I'm going to give him credit for sticking with Kamara. And also, I thought the substitutions of Christie. Show, he acknowledged he messed up and he fixed that early. And I like throwing on Cabana because I'm, I'm, I'm a big Niskins fan. So <laughs> okay. Okay. Excellent. Giannis, rating for Claudio. Five, uh, Adoy shouldn't have started. Sherla shouldn't have started. Kenny out of position. Um, I'd have given Cissé a, a shot. Oh, we nice. didn't come out with, and we didn't get, a, didn't come out with a spark in the second half. We came no. out flat. We came out expecting things to go wrong, and we almost at times we looked like we threw in the towel. Um, so 
we should be better prepared. Uh, I'd have to give him a five. Okay. Giannis, over to you. I want final thoughts from you and final thoughts from Max, and then I'll give my final thoughts. First to you, Giannis. Um, well, I hope that's as low as it gets. I mean, it's, you know, we've got to go up to St. James's part next week. Um, I hope that Sass is, is fit. Uh, it, it worries me that he has a groin problem. Um, it's going to be a long week at the training ground for sure, but it's a game yeah. where I think uh, we have a chance of getting something. We've got a, a fairly good record out with St. James's, and um, I think... Um, they shouldn't be intimidated by going there, Giannis. No, they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. I just think... Uh, we need a little bit of luck, and uh, let's see if we can let's see if we can do the unthinkable and go a whole ninety minutes without. You know, even if we got went up there and got a nil nil, um, that would be massive in terms of keeping progress. Yeah, yeah, it really would be progress, but whether or not we do is another matter. <laughs> okay, Max, your final thoughts. Exactly a year ago today, we lost one nil away at Sunderland. I saw you tweet this yeah, out, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little stick for it, but I'm going to stick with it here because. After that match, we didn't lose another game until May, of course, in the famous 23 match. Yep. And if you would ask anyone after that Sunderland match and said to them, listen, are we going to go on a 23 match and beat run? Are we even <laughs> going to finish in the top half of the championship? Every fan you would ask would have said no. And, and even it was the most um, normal circumstances. I remember that I was at the next match, the, the, the Barnsley match at home. We won 2-1. It was very narrow against a team that eventually would get relegated. It wasn't a good game, but big runs can start on the smallest of performances. And listen, I know it's a different league. I know it's a different manager. I know it's a different team. I know it's completely different circumstances. But the one lesson that we can take from that, that persists no matter what division you're in, yep. is that teams can change. Yes, they can. Is that you might think you've hit rock bottom, and that you truly have. And even when you don't think it's going to happen, the tide can turn with the littlest of things. And with a positive January chance window, with some wins on the bounce, starting you know in the next couple of matches against Newcastle, Wolves, and Huddersfield, this team can change. And, and it looks bad now. But it looked bad then, and there is still hope if we just keep the faith. It's not closing. Okay, very good. My final thoughts actually involves the listeners of Cottage Talk. I need to do this because the amount of listeners we've had lately has been through the roof. And this has been a very bad season for Fulham Football Club, but we've had so many people listening to the show. So I just wanted to thank everyone for doing that because – it keeps me wanting to do more and more shows. And these shows are difficult to do when they lose like this, but we still continue to do them. And one last thing I want to mention, as I've mentioned in other shows, we're now on Spotify, and this is a wonderful way to listen to the show. So if this is how you listen to your music, if you're in the car, you can also listen to Cottage Talk on Spotify and give us a follow. All right. Great show, guys. But let's wrap this up. For my co-hosts, Max Cohen and Yash Janais, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 
It's the 90th minute. And all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.